What's up, everybody? Brandon Spano here, DNVR Biz, episode three. Uh, this has been a blast to do, and today is going to be my first solo show, which I don't think should be too hard. I did three hours solo on the radio every day for years. I did have guests in commercial breaks, which I don't have either of those today. <laughs> But all in all, I, I, I feel like I should be fine. And I'm really excited to talk about this specific subject today. It's immigrant energy. And you're probably wondering, what the hell is immigrant energy? But it's something that was brought to my attention that I carry last week. And it wasn't the first time this has been brought to my attention. I finally thought through it. It clicked. And now I want to talk about it. And now I have a platform to talk about it right here on the DNVR Biz podcast. So we're going to do that. Before we get into that, uh, let's get a book quote here. We're moving past the Warrior of the Light. Hope you jump into that one. We're going to move to the Four Agreements. A lot of people have read this. This was really, I'm really late to the party. But this quote is incredible, you guys. This is a long one, but listen to this. The Four Agreements here. We cannot see who we truly are. We cannot see that we are not free. That is why humans resist life. To be alive is the biggest fear humans have. Death is not the biggest fear we have. Our biggest fear is taking the risk to be alive and to express who we really are. Just being ourselves is the biggest fear of humans. I thought that was really deep, really good. The Four Agreements, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, really awesome book. Uh, it's really short, so I'll probably have one more of these quotes, and then I'll be on to uh, this Charlie Munger book that I'm dri diving into. Uh, and I'm sure that those quotes uh, from the Charlie Munger book won't be near as, as deep or as fun as the last couple books. But I really zoom through these. So if you ever have any questions, comments on the book side of this stuff, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. My DMs are open and I answer all of them. They may, may not be like immediately, but I answer all of them. So always can shoot me a tweet there. Okay, let's jump into the stock market. Big winner today, Spotify. Uh, this is one that's definitely on my watch list, of course, right inside of my wheelhouse. Spotify closing at over $200 today, up almost 9% on the day. Spotify passes $200 for the first time in company history today, uh, closed at about 190, 190 yesterday, something like that. So, uh, you know, this is a big, this is a big moment. This is a big moment in Spotify's history. They acquired the Joe Rogan podcast last month, which is an absolutely huge move. They buy Gimlet last year. They are making a lot of plays in the medium that we operate the most in, right? Which is podcasting. They're up over 200 bucks. Boy, it would be really tough for me to, to not feel like without even having like a ton of knowledge inside of their company infrastructure and seeing their books, just really tough to not feel really good about Spotify. 201.55. Overall, Dow was down just under half a point. S&P 500, same. NASDAQ was just barely up over about 0.14%. So pretty steady there all across the board. Crypto, let's jump to crypto. Bitcoin holding steady, 94.17, down 
1.14% from the day prior. So very steady on Bitcoin there. If you're holding out and you're waiting to, waiting to go back in, I, I do feel like we're going to see Bitcoin go down before it goes back up dramatically. I think there'll be another drop. But, you know, a lot of people think there's going to be a bull run soon. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Pompliano's kind of been touting that and pushing that for the last uh, couple of weeks right now. So we'll see what happens there. Let's jump into today's conversation. I want to talk about immigrant energy. And you're probably wondering, what the hell is immigrant energy? I'm walking into the building and I'm setting up my office. It's about 9 a.m. I don't know. I would say Tuesday, uh, maybe Monday. And someone calls the main bar phone and says, hey, can you let me in? Uh, This is Jimmy. I'm the landlord, and uh, I'm trying to get to the basement. And I go back there, and we've got this this separate key. It's it's one of those steel doors that has that that push button on the bottom. Even if you unlock the the top lock, uh, you gotta like get that little. uh, I forgot what those (laughs) what those little tool keys are called, and pop that handle open. I couldn't find it. So I said, come to the side, come to the side. I went and ran over to the side door and and let him in. Uh, And we started talking. It was the first time he saw the remodel in here. And he said, man, this looks amazing. And we go upstairs and me and him really kick it off. We're getting along great. I show him the studios upstairs. He's blowing away. He's saying, you know, how much he thinks this can do, uh, you know, over over a full year, of course, with no pandemic. And we're talking about the pandemic, talking about gyms and and on and on and I said I, I said Greek to him and he said yeah yeah I'm Greek I can tell he was a Greek guy he said Italian I said yeah yeah you can tell I was an Italian guy and, and we really kicked it off great and um, he says to me you really give off an immigrant energy man I love your energy this you know I can just tell I can just tell you're an immigrant kind of a thing and I said man that's you know I I, I never really think of myself like that just because I was born, I mean, I was born in Berlin, <laughs> actually, because my dad was stationed there. Uh, but I'm from a Colorado family, a family of, uh, you know, North Denver Italians. And, uh, you know, my, my, my family, well, I'll just tell you the story. So my great-grandfather came here from Palermo in the 30s. He bought a celery farm on the other side of the highway from Lakeside, uh, technically Arvada there, 52nd and Marshall and built the largest celery farm in America early on. Just a bunch of Italian immigrants. Uh, we're actually in the Arvada, I don't know, is it, is it the, the, the Museum of History of Arvada? Something like that. And uh, my uncle Tito, uh, who I was very close with, was born in Sicily as well. I actually gave the eulogy at his funeral a couple years ago. He was amazing, amazing man, amazing entrepreneur, an amazing race car driver at Lakeside. He was like the goat Lakeside race car driver. For those of you who don't know, Lakeside Amusement Park, one of the oldest amusement parks in the country, which is a North Denver institution. And anybody who talks bad about it, send them my way. It used to have a race car or racetrack there. And my uncle Tito raced on that racetrack. And his brother, uh, my grandfather, lived in the home that he was born in 
that my great-grandfather from, from Palermo built. Uh, and he lived there until last year. And so I grew up really in a complex on the corner of 52nd and Marshall where uh, my grandpa and my uncle's houses were right next to each other on this big kind of plot of land there with greenhouses in the back. If you drove by I-70 towards Wadsworth, you could see it right. At, so you have Lakeside on one side. My grandparents' greenhouses were on the other. My grandparents' and, 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 and uncle's greenhouses were on the other side. And, and they lived in those houses. I mean, my, my Uncle Tito lived in his house since he was like 14. My grandpa was born in his house. And they lived there forever. And, and my whole family grew up around there. You know, I was uh, just a little history on me. You know, my parents were split up very early, almost immediately when, when we got back from, from Germany. And my dad's tour was done. And my dad took me and... Uh, took me to my grandpa's house and uh, you know we lived there for a long time before my dad got his own spot young parents kind of a deal and you know my mom went away and I lived I grew up with my dad uh, for a solid chunk of my childhood uh, just me and my dad and I grew up in this Italian you know it really was this immigrant kind of feeling they worked all the time. My grandmother worked in the nursery that was in front of the greenhouses. So you had these greenhouses and you had my whole family was working back there and trucks always moving in and out. The very front of the greenhouse area was Spano's nursery. And that was where they sold all the small plants and flowers and stuff like that. My grandma worked there. So, you know, they, uh, you know, later on, I mean, I'll get really deep into my past. There was a point where my dad actually goes to prison when I'm young and I have to go and live with my grandparents. Uh, I had no idea in episode three, I was going to be, <laughs> I was going to be airing this stuff out about myself, but I'm a little different past than, than most guys who are hosting a business podcast. And, and hopefully it becomes a little more refreshing. Uh, maybe for some of you, some of the elitists, uh, you, you might not like this very well, but fuck you. So, um, anyway, <laughs> My, I, I would wake up with my grandparents and, you know, you wake up really early, you get a, sh take a shower, you eat, you, uh, my grandpa would go to work. My grandma would go over to the nursery and, you know, uh, my, gr my great grandma lived in the house uh, as well before she passed away. She would cook all day and you'd come home and, uh, you know, they'd have dinner prepared. I would run across the street to the Italian bakery. I would get bread uh, for dinner almost every single night. But peppers and, uh, and, and bread on the center of the table with whatever dinner my grandmother made. And then, you know, my grandpa would walk in at the same exact time, like on the nose every single day, hang his coat up, sit right down right there, like before you do anything else. And dinner would all be on there. We would eat. And like, that was like the life. And when I was very young, actually, my great grandmother lived upstairs and she would just, you know, be yelling in Italian all the time. And, uh, really, <laughs> you know, I, I remember those, uh, she passed away when I was young, but anyway, I grew, I grew up around this. I remember, you know, sitting on my uncle Tito's lap, uh, in the greenhouses while he has a phone in his hand and, uh, and a cigarette in his other hand. And, and I'm, he's bouncing me on his knee, you know, that kind of a thing. And if you walk into those greenhouses, I actually took my sons through there so they can kind of see their heritage, you know, 
the phones, the same phones were still there. It still smelled like cigarette smoke in there. The same old vending machine was still in there. It hadn't changed. I'm sure it has now because someone came in and bought the whole lot last year, which broke my heart that I wasn't in a position to be able to do that. Just still to this day, I could probably cry right now thinking about it. But, you know, that's that that was kind of the story. And I obviously rushed through it. That's the you know the five minute story of of my my dad my 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 father's uh, side of the family there but that's what i grew up around i grew up around a lot of people working owning their their thing becoming you know trying to build something uh, a community of customers and i and i really feel in my heart that like that is a, a very common immigrant energy if you talk about you know, if you talk to Gary, if you if you listen to Gary V, you know he talks about that all the time. We have Ali Monroy here. Her uh, parents are from Ecuador. She's bilingual. She even her grandma speaks Spanish. You know, almost exclusively. She grew up in that house. She talks about me and her talked about this the other day actually, and I think that it's really interesting this perception that you know this 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 idea that everything is an opportunity that every moment matters this idea that the first impression is very important you know that's why my hair always looks like this probably i'm just trying to like maybe dive into you know self-diagnosis here i could be wrong on this but you know immigrants don't look like old money right old money looks like shit right and like sorry if i offend anybody but like it does right it's it's because there's nothing to prove uh, you don't have anything to prove. It's in, in your group of people uh, that all have money. Uh, having money isn't actually that cool. So you don't want to drive anything too fancy. You don't want to be dressed too fancy. You don't want to get heckled. But, you know, if you are an immigrant, if you have immigrant energy, immigrant mentality, you're striving to become something. You want to be presented as something. You want to look a certain way. You want to feel a certain way. Uh, it's Impressions are important. Moments are important. You dress to impress. You know, you meet people with a handshake and a smile, you know, and I think that that's just been embedded in me. And if there was anything that made the biggest mark on me that I don't think I've noticed until recently, it was probably that in immigrant energy. And what's crazy is that people have said this to me in the past that I didn't really acknowledge. I think a lot of my entire life, people asked me if I was from the East Coast and I don't necessarily think that I sound like I'm from the East Coast. I, but I think that the attitude may be just because I think in the East Coast, there's probably more of an immigrant attitude there than not. A lot of the stuff that I talk about on this podcast is going to be a lot of things that I've discovered through business. And there's probably data points around a lot of them. We'll have experts on. This isn't one of them. This is a sheer gut feeling thing. I was someone was was telling me someone had acknowledged this this week. It made me think. I talked to Allie about it. I started constructing this in my head. I might be missing a lot here, but I just felt like this was just kind of a natural point of discussion for me. So I just wanted to throw this out there to you guys. And, you know, I think that the I, if I am to just throw out one more idea here about immigrant energy or an immigrant vibe or an immigrant mentality, it's that you can become great. It's that even though the odds are so heavily against you, especially if you kind of have some of the, you know, things that someone like me uh, had went through as, as a child, or if you grew up in a minority in a certain area, 
that has a very, very low success rate or high school graduation rate or, you know, all of these different layers of privilege stacked against you, whatever it was, you know, I think that the immigrant mentality is that you can win and that you're there to win and that you're there to succeed. That's what I saw every day. And... I think that I addressed my entire life like that. I think that if we were to go through my entire life story, which, you know, I'm not the point in my life where I would be comfortable probably sharing that. But the the time that that comes out, I think there will be a lot of times where people say, dude, how? Like, how? How did you keep going? And I just think that the answer was that there was no other way, that I just didn't know any other way. And I still don't know any other way. And, you know, it's funny because when you talk the way I'm talking right now, it's almost like as if I've made it, uh, whatever made it means. And it's like if if everything were to blow up tomorrow and all of this were to go away, I'm still back again. Like I'm still doing something. I'm still trying again. I've still got big aspirations. I've still got big dreams. I'm going to still go and try to get a team together to, to help me accomplish something big that's because I just operate that way. That's just the only way I know how. I think that that's immigrant energy. I think that that's that. I think that that's what that is. And, and let me say this. Right now, there's a big thing that's going on on Twitter. And it's primarily not to get too far into the isms. Because if you know me, you know that I am not a 100% for either ism guy. I believe in a, not to take this podcast down to the deep end, but I believe in a capitalistic structure mixed with socialism uh, on the late end uh, that rewards people for delivering value to society, but also helps pick other people back up. Uh, So I'll leave it at that. Uh, But with that said, I think that, you know, a lot of times, especially moments like this where socialism in its kind of purest form makes a, you know, becomes popular. I think that you see people talking negatively about work in general. uh, And I think that that's super counterproductive. And I think that Right now, you know, I saw yesterday someone says, well, the riots and the protests are coming because we're not stuck working 40 to 60 hours a week in these jobs. And we actually have a time to to see what's going on in the world. And and I disagree with that. I, I think that America was done. I think that there is a lot of animosity and a lot of frustration right now because of the lockdowns and because of the pandemic. And that probably stimulated uh, some of the anger. But at the end of the day, I think that America was done seeing what we saw uh, on an eight minute video. And this was the time they were going to change the world. Maybe there's a little bit of that. The fact that people aren't, you know, at work. And so there was an ability to get out there. But I don't necessarily think it's it's that people wouldn't have saw this or wouldn't have been able to do this if they weren't stuck working and that work is bad and the culture of work is bad. I don't believe it. I actually believe that some people love to actually, as long as you are doing something and it doesn't necessarily mean that something that you love, but you're building something that you're growing through something that you are on your personal quest as a person. And I believe in personal quests. Uh, we talked about this in episode one, right? If you, I told you, if you hang out with me long enough, you'll hear weird stuff. Well, you're hanging out with me now for the third day. So you're going to hear weird stuff. But you know, if you're chasing your personal treasure, whatever that may be, there's fulfillment there. 
even when times are bad, the idea that you're in that game, that you're in the trenches doing that, uh, that creates fulfillment. I think the idea that everything is kind of delivered to you in this safe world where there's no risks and there's no reason to fight and there's no big reward for doing anything special, I think that there's no fulfillment in that. And that's one of the reasons why I'm specifically not a huge socialism guy because... I believe that it's I, 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 I believe that it goes against the way that we're fundamentally built as humans. And that's as much as I'll say about that, because I think that topic is extremely deep. There's a million layers to it. And I love those conversations. But but I just think that most people aren't ready to have those conversations because they're so locked into one of those sides, which I'm clearly not. And I'm not married to either of them. I'm really ready for a a different type of system to be born and 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 for us to live under here in America, one that works for the majority uh, of people. But with that said, uh, you know, just to kind of go back as this kind of got off the rails a little bit. I do believe in in work and I do love the idea uh, of, you know, we talk about it as a lifestyle. I I think I made uh, this reference in episode one with Ryan. I said that he lives the lifestyle. We've created the lifestyle. And what that means is that you hire people and you have people that love doing this and this is and and they want to be a part of building something and they want this to be their life. And you have a company where this is everybody's life. And for some people, that sounds like such a terrible thing. But and, and it's because when you hear that, you go straight back to the corporate structure of this idea that like your life would be employee 11502 at some Fortune 500 company. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually not even interested, you know, in, in something at that scale. I'm really not. I'm interested in building something where people actually love coming in and being part of something and have an ownership in something and have no problem making it their life because it's so intrinsic to what they do and it makes so much sense to them and even uh, it's so much so that the people around them don't understand that and maybe their parents or their significant others are asking them what the hell they're doing all day and why they're doing this all night. Uh, and they just say, because this is what I love to do and this is what I want to do. And so it's not this idea that you're getting people and forcing them to work all the time. It's this idea that you're creating something and you say, hey, I would love for you to come help me create this. This is what it looks like. And we're looking for someone that can just help us do this. And they say, oh my God, I'll do anything to do this. You know, I would love to do this. And they're so immersed in it that they just do it all day, every day. And that's what we all do at DNVR. That's what made this so special. And, uh, you know, I, I, no one's ever been told to come to work. No one has ever been told that they have to be somewhere at a certain time. I get a report every day. I, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, at the end of every week, uh, every Monday, really jacking this up from Andre. And it says exactly how many podcasts and how many pieces of content that we put out for each beat. Uh, and then we have a social media manager and we look at the social dynamics and how many followers we've gained and, and, those are those are top line metrics that we look at and all of the workflow is created around those things and if all of those are great then it doesn't matter what you do and if those aren't then we say like hey how can we get better at that we're still not addressing how often you work like 
we don't ever have to talk to people. And the moment that this gets to a point where we have to start talking to people and telling them how to work is when I don't want to do it anymore. You know, Warren Buffett has this quote that says, create a company that can be ran like idiots because if it gets big enough, it will be. And that's like the McDonald's struggle. Nothing against McDonald's people. But like that quote is that quote is for the idea that you create this mechanical structure that can scale easily no matter who works there. And I'm not interested. I, I first off don't think that that is how companies are, are going to scale, you know, 99% of them moving forward in the world. I think that we're at a different place in the world. But second off, like I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that, you know? I'm interested in really creating value. And, and that's why I love this particular business because this is people-based. The community, the people who work here, this bar was a great fit for what we do because it's, it's, it's based on being in the crowd instead of on the stage, a quote that I like to use, a term that I like to use. So anyway, I've went Ray off here, but, but I hope that that kind of wraps into this whole thing and, and why I feel this way. I'm passionate about that. And, I, you know, I love my heritage and I love my culture. And I really believe in this immigrant energy. When I meet other community-based kind of immigrant people like Jimmy that I just met the other day, you know, I, I feel you can tell like these guys are just going and they're building and they're they're operating and you know there's something really cool about it and i just wanted to talk about that so boy uh compared to the sports world i just went into a bunch of different topics and said things that i don't think i would have ever said and so we'll see how this goes i hopefully i didn't offend anybody out there and that's a super sports guy thing to feel especially a super sports guy that lives on twitter but uh, i appreciate you guys listening today and i'm out of here i'll see you tomorrow with a really amazing guest. We've got Yu Cheng Cheng. He's the CEO of Top Golf Media. He's done some incredible things and he's an incredible person and he's a Colorado guy. He's living in Silicon Valley now and it's going to be an amazing interview. So, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.